When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. We're back for Warrior Nun Fun with episode three, Luke 817. Are you guys ready for this? No. I've been ready for three weeks. Lucky number three. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Who wants to start? It doesn't matter. Ava loves travel and new cities, apparently. Because Ava's never been anywhere. Because Ava was stuck in an orphanage with n- without the ability to move anything but, like, one finger and her head for <laughs> her entire, like... Life. And she, and she had to tell us this in her favorite form of narration, which is a voiceover. <laughs> I actually have number one, Ava voiceover. <laughs> Wait, was there a voiceover? Oh yes, yes there, there was. was. <laughs> Where's the voiceover? Did I watch the wrong episode? What episode are we in? <laughs> Three. When your camera went off. Not off, but like. <laughs> All right, three is not a lucky number, apparently. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Caitlin, what's your first scene? <laughs> I, well, I said this opening scene is so cute. Ava yeah. just wants to experience normal things. Yeah. He does this kind of the crosswind cursing. But where's the voiceover? It's all the cute stuff is basically, well, it's prior to her and Beatrice talking. She's like, oh, I love the feel of a new city and like, especially exploring it with a friend. She didn't. That's a Why? voice. That was all a voiceover. Okay, so Ava and Beatrice on their way to the flower shop. Okay, so yeah, the voiceover we covered. Um, I need to cover <laughs> um, Beatrice's damn it to hell while she crosses herself because it was the cutest thing oh. that's ever happened. Yeah, that's uh, what yes. I, I, I was like, I love that she does the sign of the cross when cursing. Like, <laughs> I love her so much, Fucking Beatrice. <sighs> okay. Can we point out the amazing golden retriever black cat energy that's also yes, happening please. in this scene? Because Ava is just like a puppy and she's like, I want to go play in like the garden and the castles and all this stuff. And Beatrice is just like, bitch, we got a mission. Like, not now. I get it. Not now. Like, focus, focus, focus. I think there's a reason why Ava's my favorite and Beatrice is your guys' favorite. Totally. There totally is. <laughs> she's a puppy. She's a puppy. But like Bree said, it's, you know, she spent... The vast majority of her, not her whole life, so eight years old and, and up, like, paralyzed Seven. in bed. Seven. Sorry. So, yeah. Her watching years. She, yeah, exactly. So, she's she wants to go see all the things, and that totally makes sense, but, like, bitch, I mean, we gotta yeah. miss it. But, I mean, yeah, it's bad timing. Totally bad again, timing. Guys, like, yeah. The timeline has been very short. So, she has not been able to walk or do anything. And the, the whole time, she's been fighting and running and 
not living life at all. And so, like, she has this one little moment while Beatrice is trying to figure something out, and she's like, well, we got nothing else to do right now. And I think you kind of know that she knows what Beatrice is going to say, but she wants to, she just wants to throw it out there anyway. She's like, oh, I was just kidding, but do you want to? Well, that's the other thing. Ava's like, let's go on a date. That's really what this is, too. She's like, uh, we have, like, you know, they're not going anywhere. They're in the crypt or whatever. Yeah. Like, we Take me to a museum, Beatrice. Take me to a museum. Show me, tell me all that private school stuff that you know. Yeah. Hi, Beatrice. <laughs> Beatrice Did you wear so love that. when you were in private school? Yeah. Like, what was the outfit like? <laughs> anyway, that's totally relevant to Renaissance art, Beatrice. Last point I want to make about this opening scene is outfit appreciation time so shots for by jesus for ava's whole super, it does look good it's a super gay get up it looks really good the great hat job, christina huh great what? job christina yes great job christina the wardrobe christina with a c. yeah wardrobe with christina with a c yes for ava's hat the chucks the overalls the sleeveless hoodie jacket crop top thing she's got going Most on. Most bisexual outfit award Ever. goes to. Like, yeah, <laughs> seriously, for this outfit. Like, holy hell. <laughs> Chef's kiss to that. And then also, I have to point out Beatrice's outfit. It's like wild by like Victorian standards because yes. her ankles are showing. Exactly. So that's Beatrice opening up. Wild. So wild. So wild. Okay, so after they have this cute scene together, they shoot on over to the flower shop, which is where the OCS is leading them, or the little, the, I said witch texting, <laughs> the nun texting. <laughs> nun texting. Yeah, the whole time uh, Beatrice is trying to figure out the nun texting, because she's like, listen, I know Mother Superior taught me this at one point, but like, I haven't texted anybody in a long time, so like, I don't remember what this all means. So she eventually figures it out, and they land at this, the flower shop that's where the herbicide happened do we know what killed the plants that's an amazing question i assume a fight broke out but and killed the original ocs members that were hiding here but now you know the same thing that killed all of the um the people <laughs> the same thing that killed all of <laughs> the nuns. come on brain locus but, but what is but what is her name her harem Oh, Camilla's harem. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the same thing that killed Camilla's harem also killed the plant. So, moment of silence for the fallen. Okay. Do we need to play taps again? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not Americans. So I don't think taps <laughs> really applies here. I'm sorry. We play it so much on this podcast. <laughs> it's a military. It's a military funeral thing. So we were covering a show with. Military, American military. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Anyway, so question about Beatrice. So Beatrice waltzes into this place, and after three seconds, it's like, well, obviously, by the dust layers, Ava, it's been three days. Where on earth did Beatrice learn how to calculate time based off of dust? Was this an OCS skill, or is this something you learn in boarding school? I don't actually know the answer to this question. It's a special project. She learned it as a special project out of pure interest. Special ADHD. <laughs> no, she does not. No, she definitely doesn't have ADHD. <laughs> she definitely doesn't, but she just likes hobbies. But she is the type of person who's like, 
this could be useful one day. Who else would have the skill? Exactly. I'm going to have the skill. Also, dust I can't reading. make out with girls. Might as well learn how to calculate oh time for dust. Seriously, that is boarding school Beatrice. Like, to distract herself from wanting to make out with her roommate, she's like, I'm just going to be in the library and learn everything. So she's like, onto the most random books ever. She's like, dust timetables, I guess. And Perfect. like, is learning. <laughs> And then she must be in this moment like, I knew that'd come in handy one day. Exactly. <laughs> Skill, Ava. And Ava's like, I just want to go on a date with you. Not because of any of this. <laughs> like, you're pretty and you hit things pretty. And also, you, I see your ankles. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, look at my crop top thing. Yeah. I wore this hat for you. Take me to a museum. <laughs> or take me to the movies, because I found these movie tickets yeah. behind the gargoyle. Exactly, Girl, because there's a convenient arrow in the soil that's on the floor that's not obvious at all. Not obvious at all. Clearly, like, clearly yeah, obvious. No one would know to look there. No yeah. Except Beatrice. Exactly. And the OS, even the OCS is like, can you guys just go on a fucking date already? Yeah, <laughs> Here's some serious. movie tickets. <laughs> so yeah. So they leave to go on the date and they end up in the street. And uh, what happens in the street, Brie? Listen. Can we go <laughs> I'm back? Listening. Can we go back for a second? Oh, Alright, let's backpedal back to the, the dust herbicide. Yes. I have a, I have a bone. I have a bone. I'm gonna okay. pick it. You have a lot of bones. Yeah. I have two some odd bones, and I see I saw one yesterday. Oh dear. Um. Anyway. Anyway. This is my nitpick. Wouldn't Beatrice say we're going to the cinema? Oh yes, you're right. That British slang. You're right. She's British. She would say that. And it's not even like Ava is. Ava's been in Europe since she was seven. She wouldn't say it either. She watched a lot of American TV. That's what I was thinking. Maybe Ava picked it up from television. Because, like, yeah. the nun that was trying to murder her wasn't talking about going to the movies or the cinema. So, maybe. Yeah. After she got it. Beatrice, it doesn't make sense. You're right. And then later on, it's who says cinema? cinema? Ava? Camille? Cam ah. Yeah. Camilla says Camilla. cinema. Harem girl. <laughs> just, well, a little, just a nitpick. That's all. Okay. No, I, you because Beatrice doesn't have has a lot of Britishisms, so mm -hmm. that is weird. Maybe that it's a writing was like insight. that was like Ava's one thing that she wanted to change about Beatrice. She's like, all right, you know what I'm gonna do? Movies. Yeah, movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe Ava's been planting that seed for a while in the two months they've been together, and she's like, let's watch a movie. Let's watch a movie. Let's go to the movies. Let's go to the movies. So maybe it's just in Beatrice's brain now, and she's like, movies. Damn it, cinema. Damn it. <laughs> She's at least stuck. I read the dust right. God, she's stopping this consciously correcting that's herself. Ava. Yeah, that's Ava's impact, maybe. All right, fine. Mm. So they're outside now. Let's go outside. To go to their date. Yeah. Guess what? They're trying to go to their date, but there are some dudes following them. And guess what? Ew. Beatrice knows where they all are, and super spy. Her super spyness is coming out again. Not only can she read dust, she can read her environment because that's a very OCS kind of thing to do. So hot. It's very hot too. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's just that's literally in my notes because it's hot. Um 
so they had they had she points it out sort of in in the way and then ava's like oh yes this guy's looking in like you don't window shop at an accountant's office kind of thing like they're making mistakes that are obvious you wouldn't look that way because the bus is coming from this direction so yes these people are following them and they're doing a bad job of it and they were not trained well no they're They're not they're worse than the spree absolutely (laughs) or the splurge whatever themselves (laughs) so we get into the differences between ava and Beatrice, because Ava's like, all right, we're going to lure him into an alley and beat the shit out of him kind of thing. And Beatrice is like, "Mm, never spark a conflict until you have complete understanding of your odds. Also hot. Uh, B's tactical training is kind of lost on Ava, who is a punch now and ask questions later kind of person. And punch again. And then punch punch again. again. Uh, It just shows their differences, but also how... Beatrice is just like, I know you're doing things the wrong way, but it's cute. Yeah, I'm still into you. Whatever. Let's go down this alley. Yeah, she's like begrudgingly like, fine, I'm into you. That's Beatrice's word in season two is fine. Fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. So. And fine. Uh, then they get in the alleyway. Yes, I have a note. Oh, oh, what is your note? Oh, no, for the alleyway. Okay. Should I describe what happens in the alleyway real quick before we do the notes? Okay. Okay, real quick. So they go down the alleyway, ditch the dudes, and then Ava's like, cool, we're in the clear. And Beatrice is like, yeah, there's somebody else. I kind of hear them or whatever. And then she gets shot by a dart. And who the fuck is in the alley? The not hot priest. Yeah, I had a different name for him. Which is? Asshole Douchebag. Also, that's his middle name. Not a asshole douchebag. That bitch is back. And then I have to give, you have to give credit to Ava, though, because Beatrice gets hit by the dart. But Ava's like, I'm not going to let you fall, Bay. And then, like, catches her so that she doesn't, like, get a, like, a TBI, <laughs> like, hit the wall. Mm-hmm. And she lowers her to the ground and then has exchanges some words with the not hot priest, which I kind of love where she puts it together, like all his bullshit behavior. And she's like, I can't believe you did all this and betrayed all these women who trusted you just for power. So I love that like Ava notes that and picks that apart as his motivation. Like he's spinning all these lies and he's like, oh no, it's because I found the truth. I found the truth. But really, no, he's kind of after power. She's kind of right. Um, And she's using all the women at his expense, which is kind of like what's been happening with the warrior nuns since they've been conceptualized the whole thing. I think that's part of why she's so like suspicious of all of this stuff and she has every right, right to be. So yeah, I, I love that she's the one that points this out. As, as the warrior nun, too, who's, like, the person who's, like, most being played by everybody for literal power. That's, like, Adriel's whole thing. So, I love that she sees that as Ava. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're gonna get into a fight. They do get into a fight. And Ava's like, bitch, I can phase. And then he punches her and he's like, now with Divinian tattoos, you can't. <laughs> and, then, <sighs> and then, and then, we get to the hottest part of the episode where Ava levels up in bi energy 
and flips her hat to fight that bitch. So everyone, in honor of Ava, one, two, three. Hold on. My head is not made for hats. <laughs> I do not look good at hats. And there we all are. Right. Now that we're all gayer than before, let's <laughs> get into this. this. I love that she had to do that. Because, like, she's like, yeah, no. Why, why wasn't she wearing it backwards to begin with? It doesn't matter. And then once she gets really gay, they start fighting. And eventually she gets the upper hand on him and, like, he shoots himself. Well, he goes to shoot her with the dart, the tranquilizer dart, and she ends up, like, using the halo blast. it. <laughs> yeah, but she uses the, the halo blast, the thing that Beatrice taught her to, like, supersede him and, like, get him to shoot himself, which is great. And then she's got a dilemma, right? She's got the passed out criminal that she really needs to, like, deal with and Beatrice. And she's like, well, I can't carry both of them. And then two seconds later, it cuts to her carrying Beatrice. So I love that she's like, well... I guess I gotta make a choice here. Cuts to, I'm gonna choose my lady. Mm-hmm. She made the I right mean, choice, but you choose you know. the lady every time. Yeah, I mean, duh. Exactly. So, and then we get a tranquilized Beatrice, groggy on uh, drugs. Finally, finally uh, drunk. Chef's yes. kiss. Yeah, I know. Drunk this Beatrice. Is, <laughs> no, this is the drunk Beatrice we should have seen exiting the bar, but no, we see her on sedatives. <laughs> well, apparently they stayed till bar closing, but they only had a few shots in the beginning, and so they were sober by the end. I don't believe any of that. That doesn't make According any to, sense. According to the director. I know. I don't believe it. I don't it. care. <laughs> I don't believe I don't that. Care. I don't care. I rebuke all of that. It well, doesn't that's make not what happened get, in my head. <laughs> no. I'm trying to get us to talk to the director. I know. She don't have to listen to this part of the podcast, but I don't agree with that. No. But you have to you have to give credit to groggy Beatrice, right? Who needs Ava to carry her because drugs are in her system. But the whole time she's like, no, Ava, go that way. Don't do that. She tries still bossing her around, even though she's like completely out of it. So you got to love the control freak in her is mm-hmm. still there. I feel that. I feel that. Right? No, go around the back so it's not she's obvious. Like, oh, what are you doing? And it was like, yeah, okay, sure, I trust you, even though you're out of your mind on tranquilizers. Sure. Uh, okay, and then we get to the they get to the back entrance, and Ava props up Beatrice, and she's like, hang on, you rest, darling, while I figure out what the fuck's going on. And she tries to get in the door, and it's like, god damn it, it's not working, and then gets yanked inside by Camilla. And then I have a question for what happens next, because then Beatrice ends up inside the room with, with them. Does Camilla pull her, or does... Beatrice dive in the door after Ava. Both. I couldn't really tell. Both. Yeah, I think it's both. Yeah, I feel like she just kind of stumbles in. Because, like, the way it's shot, like, it, like Camilla, obviously, like, she pulls Ava in the, and then she moves back towards the door to go get Beatrice. But, like, Beatrice is, like, already leaning, like, almost like she tried to, like, go in after her, but, like, has no control over her body. And then Camilla's like, oh, good. <laughs> I was coming to get you. Ava and Beatrice are magnets. Right. Again, it's just... The protect the protector in Beatrice is still there even when she's on sedatives. Yep. Okay, so I love that. And then we get a reunion with our ship captain Camilla. Yay! Yay! Guess what? Camilla <sighs> says cinema. She sure does. I assume she's from Europe. Like we get a bit of her backstory this season, but they, she doesn't say like. Does she say where she was? I don't remember actually. No. I assume Cancun. Europe. She was in. Can- <laughs> I picked a random place in 
my head, and that's what came out. Camilla was in Cancun. No, uh, <laughs> with her harem. I didn't hear Cancun. <laughs> what the fuck did you hear? I didn't hear it at all. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> anyway, in this scene, uh, Camilla is uh, jealous with FOMO over Beatrice and Ava being all hanging all over each other and stuff and having inside jokes like, mm. oh, she's all had too much tranquilizer dart today. And Camilla's all like, ah, guess you'll have to tell me that story one day. I've just been keeping Mother Superior alive and shit, whatever. You guys got to go off together for two months. Yeah. What the hell's going oh on here? Like- uh, literally, literally. So I think that, so Camilla, like, during the season feels a little bit off and, like, angry. Like, she has a chip on her shoulder. And I think part of it is because she, she feels left out from, like, the sisterhood. Because, like, Ava and Beatrice got to, like be off alone together and she literally was by herself with mother superior and lilith never comes to visit so i think she feels left out especially like with the i mean look at the two of them they're literally hanging all over each other beatrice has no habit on showing her ankles camille's like who is this first of all like you guys are out here just like living your best lives and like i've been in the nunnery with mother superior so i think she just she feels very very like left out you know I and have that's... a note about this later, but um, I feel like she's also very resentful because they do still treat her like she's the new person. Yeah. Oh, totally. Beatrice she's definitely like, does that. You don't that. know what we've been through. Yeah. So. Yeah. Move along. I'm now in charge. Yeah. Of you. And what I say goes. And what I say is, sit your asses down. Talk about your feelings. Yeah. Push the heads push those heads together, Camilla. Um Beatrice is, you know, Beatrice is Beatrice, and this is Ava's life this season that's at stake. So of course she's going to be like double checking everything. Being yeah. a control freak that she is. Oh yeah. But anyway, then we get them in the cinema being cute and watching a movie that just happens to have nuns in it like was this plan that seems okay if you're trying to hide your super secret nun organization i feel like you try to be like can you please play a different film because no obviously the best place to hide nuns are in nuns (laughs) yeah because it's so obvious that That it's not obvious right they're cosplaying obviously obviously and she's in her nun outfit in the cinema. So, like, anyway, <laughs> just feels a little suspicious. Well, I mean, obviously nuns would go to a movie about nuns. Obviously. I mean, they are, clearly. <laughs> it's obvious. But watching nuns having fun is not really why they're there, even though we get cute shots of, again, Beatrice and Ava hanging all over each other. We're here to meet Yasmin and see Mother Superior again. Yasmin! Yasmin! Yeah! I really, really love the reunion with Ava and Mother Superior, though. Like, oh the my way gosh. It, the way yeah. it, it's like nothing is really spoken, but there's clearly like respect between them now. And like, I don't know, you can tell that they like definitely understand each other a lot more now. It's just a very, 
I like the way their their relationship like evolved. You see, my friends, <clears throat> if you have real acting talent, you cannot say a word and people will know exactly what's going on in this moment or scene. And that's yeah, what happens it, it, here. Totally. And then we have a moment where they pray for the all the fallen sisters and they do like a little prayer circle and like hold hands. And I love that Ava is still not praying. Beatrice in the scene is praying, which I think is significant because Beatrice goes on this like crisis. It gets like a crisis of faith thing that's happening. There's a scene later that shows that she's in it right now. But even here, like in the beginning, you like when she, she was swearing, she still does the sign of the cross. Like she still prays along with them at this point because she she is a believer in uh, you know the religious aspect of what they're doing. But I love that they keep Ava as the non-believer, like the skeptic in all of this. I think that that's a big advantage for her in this whole, um, her whole role as the warrior nun. I think that really helps her, honestly. Um, and I think it also plays into her dynamic with Beatrice because you have a believer and non-believer. And I think that's another way the two of them balance each other out. And it gives them different takes on like the Adriel situation and, you know, for Beatrice, I think Faith has been this kind of grounding thing she's always had. Like, when her parents told her she was, you know, not normal and, like, all that stuff. Like, I think this is something that kind of always grounded her and that's common for a lot of people. And it's been this, con like, a constant, right, when things are uncertain. And I think she can offer a bit of grounding to Ava when she spirals because Ava doesn't have that kind of grounding thing. Ava had this horrible thing happen to her that uprooted her whole life. And so I think it's a way they kind of like offer Ava offers a new perspective versus like Beatrice can ground Ava when she needs it. So it's another fun aspect of their dynamics. I really enjoy. I also think it's it's just like almost habit too. Totally. Not, no pun intended, Caitlin. <laughs> oh my God, I've been over here because you just said she's a believer and she's not a believer. And then all my head went is, I'm a believer. I knew I it. I knew it. <laughs> Why is this not surprising? <laughs> That's from Warrior Nun the Musical. Right, that Caitlin is uh, writing for everyone. Featuring, um, you heard your first folks. Donkey. <laughs> what? Right. Featuring oh, Don Quixote, what? <laughs> from from Shrek. I've never yeah. seen Shrek. Learn that song. <laughs> yeah, it's because I'm a baby. I've never seen that movie, so I can't help you. It's okay. Um, do, so we we already went past Yasmin getting no, introduced. We haven't got well. Yasmin is in the scene. Next, we're gonna meet Yasmin, or Yasmin meets Ava. I do not remember how this scene plays out, and I watched it yesterday. Okay, that's okay. No, go ahead. Yasmin meets Ava and fangirls, and it's adorable. And they yeah. high five in her divinium necklace clothes, and but that's how she's like, I, "You're her." I have a comment on that, but go, 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 Caitlin. I just like I love how Ava is so excited to see people. Like she's just like, "Hey, new person! How you doing? Hello. High five. And like Yasmin is meeting like the legend she's heard her whole life, and it's just like, "You're her." And we have to, okay, just, then Ava's response to that, when the Davidium necklace glows, is peak dumbass Ava, where she's yeah, like, I it's glowing, and she's like, I'm not the warrior nun, what are you talking about? It's like, Ava, Ava, <laughs> she knows, I, like, I just, 
But also, it's peak dumbass. She's like, uh, maybe I'm not the warrior nun. What are you talking about? It depends <laughs> on who's asking. <laughs> it's glowing. Like, I love it. Peak dumbass. I love it. Go, Ava. I love it. But okay. anyway, Yasmin, finally, Yasmin's like, okay, finally, I can tell you guys why I'm here and like what I have to say. And it's, I know how to defeat Adriel. And then we cut away. Yeah, because we can't have yeah. the information now. Not yet, but it's titillating, does it not? It, I am titillated. <laughs> you know what I'm even that. more titillated by? <laughs> the fact that we're going to go visit Jillian and Lilith. Such titillating <laughs> possibilities. <laughs> we are not right today. <laughs> okay. Now we're going. I can't even. Guess what? The other side has healing properties, also a titillating fact. Why does this accent? I love it. All right. So let's get let's get titillated, everyone. All right, basically, uh, Lilith. <laughs> Lilith. <laughs> you can talk. Them. <laughs> You're too titillated to talk. <laughs> She's Twitter painted. <laughs> exactly. Um, what we learned in this scene, basically, is that these two are teaming up, and uh. Basically, they're making a plan to like figure out what the heck happened to Lilith. And my main takeaway from the scene when they're talking is that Jillian figures out that the the other dimension must have some kind of healing properties just by being there somehow. Um, like it can cure things like cancer, and clearly, like when. So her hypothesis is when Lilith went through the first time, these scales and the things she has in her body must be some consequence of like how badly she was damaged. Because remember in the first season, Lilith ended up getting pulled into the dimension when like the Tarrasque demon essentially like skewered her and brought her back through the portal it created. And so being in the dimension somehow healed her. And I guess part of whatever healing process happens there resulted in these scales, which seem to like reform whenever Lilith gets injured. So maybe it's some kind of like healing organic material from that dimension. So that's kind of what she's saying. Um, <clears throat> and I'm wondering too, cause like the scales kind of look like what the terras like terras demon skin. So I'm wondering if like, it's some form of like divinium that's organic because their bones are made of it. So what if it's like a form of divinium that's like more fluid and can like regenerate so, so maybe that's kind of what's happening. And yeah. yeah, Jillian also is thinking like, well, with Lilith, it doesn't seem like you were there long enough to be fully healed. So like, maybe that's why you're having all these glitches now. Like kind of the running hypothesis of what's happening. And so yeah. question for you guys, I guess, spoiler, if you haven't seen the finale of season two, skip ahead like 30 seconds, but <clears throat> So in the finale, when Ava gets badly injured and ends up crossing the portal, is she going to get scales or like a new feature when she gets healed? What do you guys think? I think she will get a new feature. It won't be like Lilith because Lilith is literally going to be one of a kind. But mm -hmm. because I think that because she has the um, halo, 
And now Rhea, I think Rhea is going to directly take an interest in Ava. I think that she will have no real physical appearance changes. Hmm. But she, I, I mean, go ahead. Halloween stuff will be blue. Ooh, that'd be fun. She could have like Divinity, like, like Michael. Like the yeah. divinium is in the parts, like the parts like maybe that becomes hit the shrapnel <clears throat> that's in her. Yeah, maybe that becomes healing versus like deadly on the other plane where it's actually an exactly. advantage versus a disadvantage. Yeah, so maybe. Ooh, so dirt. she glows. Yeah, but okay. So divinium fun. doesn't harm the not hot priest and Michael on this side. Right. But it harms Ava because she has the halo. So what is it about the halo? It, the divinium's the only thing that can um, weaken counteract the halo. Exactly. So yeah. what is it about the so what is it that ha they can't exist in the same space really as far <laughs> as Ava's body is concerned? I, I Yeah, I think that the, the halo can't counteract it because they're like equivalent organic material perhaps which is how shannon that's like seems like that's how all the warrior nuns get killed or at least that's what happened to, the same thing happened to shannon right she got the divinium shrapnel in her from that bomb and it hit major organs and they're like well we can't we can't pull the, the shrapnel out like it's it's just it's going to kill her because the halo can't heal they can't counteract so the divinium ray would yeah. have to get the divinium out of out her of ava of yeah right or Maybe she can like magically maneuver it or something, and it becomes a part of Ava, and it becomes an advantageous thing when she gets it away from the organs. Like who knows? So That's maybe she problem. will be glowing blue. Yeah, we don't know Rhea's like, powers as a god, right? But oh. she definitely had some kind of interest in her, for sure. As a god, as a god, god is a woman. Um, god is a woman confirmed in the show. God. God is a woman. <clears throat> okay. So, other thing I think that is kind of, I just wanted to point out, I don't think we've pointed out before that I think is kind of confirmed in this scene too. I think with the portal, in order to cross the other plane, I think you have to have some form of organic material from the other plane in order to cross. Because that seems to be a common theme with everybody. Like, Adriel was able to cross because he gank the halo from somebody stole it like a pirate and then is like woo and he like passed into another into our plane and then lilith was able to cross because the tarasque demon had like a claw through her body and it brought her back so she had that material the divinium in her body when she was being drugged because jillian is like listen bitch if i could cross into that dimension and like do all this shit myself and find my son i would but i keep getting rejected and i think that's because she has nothing Whereas Michael in last season was able to cross because he's covered in divinium. And then Ava later is able to cross because she has the halo. So I think that's a commonality in order to like go between the planes. You have to have the common organic material to do it. And I don't think that Jillian has put that together quite yet. So she doesn't have all the information. Totally. But I think that's, that seems to be a commonality based on everybody we've, we have seen that has like gone between these portals. And so like, theoretically if there's a big war coming and they need to go to the other plane like everybody if they had like divinium armor or something like you could send all the sister warriors potentially and they wouldn't get harmed just throwing that out there 
There we have it. The, there we have uh, it. The mansion. Mm-hmm. So, fun stuff from that scene, but Lillian. Lillian. <laughs> They're working together. That's their ship name. That's their ship name. I love That's it. Ship. It's perfect. Lillian. <laughs> That's my grandmother's name. All right. So, right. yeah, I was going to explain. The crown of thorns. Yeah. Ariella yeah. imprisoned Adriel. And the secret weapon is crown of thorns, like Jesus's crown of thorns. Hey, her order was made to protect it. Did we skip a scene? Am uh, I? So Bree's like combining two scenes. Basically, like yeah. we go back to Yasmin and the gang for like a second. Then we go to the Vatican. Then we go back to Yasmin. Yeah, so I don't like yeah. the Vatican. So <laughs> um, basically, the Vatican scene is just like Adriel's followers have now invaded the church. That's the whole scene. Back to Yasmin. I got something. Oh, what you got? What you got? Something. Um, that guy could have at least pretended that he didn't know where the cross came from. <laughs> I know, right? Well, there are a bunch of fools in the Vatican, so we're skipping them. They're, they're just... Okay. All right. That's all I got. Tell us about the crown of thorns. The crown of thorns. It's the only thing that could imprison Adriel again. And uh, Yaz's order was created by the warrior nun. Number After Ella, number two, that I can't remember the name of right now. Me neither. <laughs> number two. Anyway, uh, so uh, to protect the crown, and then they lost it, and that now she thinks it's at a museum. So, hey, guess what? Museum heist. Museum heist. I have a question. Okay. Because I don't know the show, apparently. Why did we go into Adriel's tomb? In season one? Yeah. Oh, God, why did they go get him? They um, went because they thought that that was going to be, they were going to get his bones, and destroying the bones would enable them to end all of the stupid shenanigans. However, they were then, tricked. Yeah, that bitch was alive mm -hmm. and imprisoned because he was a little bitch, and they didn't know that because basically the reality got twisted into a legend where he was this good angel that, like, did all this nice stuff and was buried. But really, that bitch was in prison because he's a lion-ass pirate. <laughs> and he's apparently a thief. Yasmin knew about this. <laughs> yeah, he's a thief. So they, they got bamboozled. Yes. All right. Okay. Couple things. I apparently oh. went off during this scene, but go ahead. Oh. Like, I, like, I have half a page of notes just for this one scene. Oh, damn. Okay. I mean, do you want to... You can go. Okay. A couple, I have like three bullets and then you can go off. So crown of thorns. Uh, it's something from the other plane and it works by neutralizing whatever powers these beings have. And apparently it showed up a thousand years before Adriel because of Jesus. So I love the implication here and what they're trying to say. Because, and I love that they don't explicitly get into this because that would piss off so many people. Because again, this show is basically taking Christianity and being like, well, what if this was really from another plane and legends got twisted and all this stuff? So that's kind of what they're hinting at. So I love that Ava's like, wait a minute, Jesus. And Beatrice is like, don't even bother. Because that's like a call to the audience. Like, don't get pissed off. We're not going there. That's kind of what that was. Don't go. Without, actually, <laughs> huh? Without fourth wall breaking. That's kind of what that was. Yeah. But, um... 
Adriel kind of hints on this again later, I think, or I think in the other episode where he's talking to the Pope and he basically says, hey, my plane sent another ambassador to come here and make peace with you people and you killed him. So like in referencing Jesus. So apparently like this is not the only time, the first time that like somebody from that plane has come here. So like Adriel kind of explains it, that like Jesus was from that realm and you guys killed him and like neutralized him. So like this war, whatever's been happening has kind of been bleeding into like earth for a while. It's just, it's escalating now with like Mm -hmm. him stealing the halo and all that stuff. So I like the way they handle all that without like explicitly spelling it out, but explicitly saying, we're not going to fucking explicitly talk about this. Put it all together yourself. (laughs) Like Ava's trying to. Yep. And also Beatrice is already in in this She's position like, of like, no, I cannot deal with that now. Don't go there, Ava. <laughs> yeah, Beatrice is already having a crisis of faith. And she's like, I can't. I'm trying to keep it together right now. Please uh, look at my ankles. Just don't. <laughs> I have to keep you alive. So don't. Right. I just I'm losing my threads right now to reality. Uh, so I love all that. And last, last piece, last piece about this before Caitlin takes over. I like that um, the reality of British colonizing assholes, like as their last act of oppression, like raiding sacred relics that Yasmin tells, like it's such a thing that happens with like colonialism and stuff. So I do. I love that line that she has in there. Yes, I do too, because we often forget how the impact of colonialism on the entire world and how much these countries should have minded their own damn business. <laughs> of- yeah, and like, what a wrench this. But like, she's like, hey, my order was like guarding this thing. And then some like asshole invaders like stole our sacred shit. Mm-hmm. Like, and look at a wrench that puts at everything. So I do love that line. And I love that Yasmin explains that. Wonderful. Thank you, Yasmin. Thank you. All right. Go, Caitlin. Caitlin. I'm just going to go through my commentary. Do it. I have to figure out where. Oh, I had another note for the popey scene. Are the people like like the evil laugh because of the demons that they put inside them, or is that just them? I can't can't hear hear you. you. Sorry, it's raining. I'm trying to like. (laughs) Oh, hear it. (laughs) I know it's loud. Uh, I don't know, actually. That's a really good question, Caitlin. Maybe it's the demons. Like, (laughs) stupid human. Or these people are just assholes. I mean, either tracks. Um, you know someone in the writer's room was like, but if we make the crown powerful, someone is going to ask about Jesus. I don't feel like Ava would have given up so quickly about asking about Jesus. She would have tried once more to talk about it and B would have to put her hand on her shoulder to get her to shut up. We'll say that happened off screen. And she's like, yeah, but she's like, don't, don't. I feel like she'd mention it later. Yeah, I feel like in like, also, I don't think she's going to let that go either. In like three years when they're like, like living together and shit, she's like, so about Jesus. It's been bothering me this whole time. We have to talk about this. Someday when they're back on the plaid couch. Yeah, on the plaid couch. This is the plaid couch conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't catch this the first 
time I wa- we watched this, but Mother Superior is saying Ava language. For some reason, oh. it just really made me laugh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> me, I love that. that. Yeah. I'm like, you're not in a church. Like, chill, woman. <laughs> Next commentary. I love Mina. She's so good. Mina's amazing. Ava is way too happy to go to, the, to, go to this museum. I really don't like museums. <laughs> Ava wants to date Beatrice, so she's excited about museums. Also a heist. I think she's excited about the heist. It's just two things to be excited about. A heist with her girlfriend is a date in this world. Who's going to, because they're going to have downtime. They're like, okay, we've checked things out. Beatrice, tell me about art or whatever's in this building. Or, you know, make out with me in the corner. Either way. The bathrooms. Like, no, the bathrooms like and museums are always do. great. <laughs> Life lessons from Brie. Sorry, the Library of Congress has the best bathroom, just saying. (laughs) Tax dollars. Not Walmart? No. No. The Library of Congress has a marble bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, like... I'm sorry, I've never been there. Speaking of colonialism. (laughs) Anywho. Act like I'm cultured. Any more notes about this scene, Caitlin? I don't know where the next one is for. Okay. So I'm just going to say it. All right. Camilla is Ava Trees's biggest fan. Yes. But Yasmin is Ava's biggest fan. Yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. Yeah. No, like think about Yasmin. She's been wait she's been waiting to meet the word on her whole life. Like it's a big this is a big moment for her and she's very excited about it. It's very adorable. Absolutely. Um all right, is it time mm. for Museo del Prado? Museo del Prado. Museo del Prado. Let's do it. We're back in the habits, guys. Wait, can I tell you what my title wow. is for this scene? Oh, yes, go for it. Nuns having fun at the museum. Named after a- the calendar, nuns having fun. Nuns just want Caitlin put up a picture of nuns having fun. The calendar. <laughs> hey, they could. They could. The opening montage could be this. that calendar. I'm gonna be, be editing this. I'm gonna be like, Brie, no, I don't feel like it. <laughs> I'll send you the picture. <laughs> All right, fine. All right. Anyway, so everyone's montage. dressed like nuns. Yeah, they're all back in the habit again. And the entering montage is basically them like checking the layout out, security cameras. Everyone's pretty serious except Ava, who literally cannot contain her joy about this heist. So, like, she looks like this oddball sister who's just so into Renaissance art. Well, everyone's like pretty serious, like working. It's amazing. Uh, when they're entering through the metal detector, important detail: be the beads, the rosary beads, do not go through the metal detector because they're tech. So, good job, guys. And I How did they lo- get through, huh? How did the thingies get through? They put them in the in the personal bin where you put your wallet and stuff. They put the rosary beads in there, so it didn't go through the metal detector, but they went through it. Because there's there's usually a different metal detector thingy for the personal item. No, that's not a metal detector. That's no. like something where they X-ray through it. Yeah, exactly. Uh... Yeah, so like they don't care. Yeah, it's not a metal detector. They're just looking through the stuff. Right. And when also, I say through like, it, I mean literally. These are rosary beads, sure, sister. Yeah. They don't think they're they they get away on like being holy and not being suspicious. That's why they dressed like that when they went in. 
Uh, okay, and then the song, the song playing. Something's going down by Jamara. The song choices in season two are excellent. I just wanted to shout out Beatrice's sunglasses. Beatrice's sunglasses also great, but shout out to all the songs in season two. They're really, really great. All right. Inside the museum, we learn an important detail that Yasmin has never seen this crown because remember it was stolen. So they're like, listen, she's like, listen, it's in here. I just don't know exactly what it looks like, but I think it's probably this thing that's chilling on this statue. And, um, we won't know for sure though, until Ava touches it because the power is revealed when the warrior nun touches it. So we don't know what the crown of thorns is going to do until Ava grabs it. So that'll be fun. Um, I like when they're trying to get into the do, into the museum to do the surveillance that the or so Beatrice can put the rosary bead bombs everywhere. The distraction is Camilla going up to the guard and being like, um, sir, there's boys being rude by nude pictures and statues. And the guard's like, again with these motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> like that must be that must happen like literally all the time in these museums with all these like nude art but i love that that's hilarious because she's like um i'm just an innocent nun woman can you go make this stop for me <laughs> and it works like a charm it's wonderful absolutely uh, then we get a snarky camilla moment number two when so their jobs are beatrice is putting the little rosary bead laser disablers everywhere strategically while camilla's job is to disable slash bug the surveillance cameras and they're kind of like chilling by one and we get to see some of camilla's really cool super cool nun tech where she pulls these like little cross pins like hairpins out and like flicks them onto the security camera but then beatrice is like lingering and like watching and camilla gets really mad and this is where she's like why are you checking my work beatrice i'm not a rookie anymore like i've graduated from bottom of the team like what are you doing? Shouldn't you be focusing on like what you're supposed to do instead of watching me? That's when I wrote that note. Yeah. And so the crux of this is like from Camilla's perspective, she's again, feels left out because she was the rookie and like Beatrice was looking out for her in season one. But over the past couple of months, like, you know, she's had to fend for herself and like stand on her own two feet. And so she perceives it that way when really this is Beatrice showing her hand because she's a control freak and she's worried that something's going to go wrong when it comes to the mission, which is Ava. And Camilla kind of sees through this a little bit. And she's like, you know, you can't control everything. Even he pointing to pictures of Jesus, like he, uh, he couldn't control everything. Like who the fuck are you? Like, and this is the glimpse of Beatrice's crisis of faith because when they're in front of the painting, she's delivers the line of, God, why have you forsaken me? So like she is having this crisis of faith that's happening right now because I feel like Beatrice, you know, is a control freak because she couldn't control who she loves. And that's been a sore spot her whole life. And she has all that internalized homophobia. And so like she's trying to overcompensate by like controlling what she can, which is like all the skills she has. And now this mission with adriel which is really keeping ava alive from her perspective like she feels like she's losing control and so she's trying to control every single thing that she can and i love that it's with camilla who's like gonna call her out on it because i think beatrice hasn't had somebody really call her out about this um so yeah i think that's, that's what's really happening here it's 
line the line that really says it to me is if we're going to beat Adriel, everything has to go according to the plan. And that's when Camilla's like, bitch, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, nobody it knows. Won't. She's like, it won't though. Like yeah. you need to accept that. Except and- that things are not going to go to plan and we will move from there. Yeah. But I think that Beatrice is I think she does know that, but she's coming off the knowledge of mm-hmm. Mary's dead and that could, Ava could die. And so it's, mm-hmm. again, her emotions are clouding her judgment and Beatrice doesn't really see that yet. Like she can't nope. see it yet. She's just panicking and trying to like overcompensate by controlling everything so that her worst fear doesn't play out. Absolutely. Yeah. So. <sighs> Anything about that before we go back to Lillian? You took the words out of my mouth. I'm like, are we going right. back to Lillian now? Lillian's I got experiment about oh. half of Lillian. All right, what you got yeah. about half of Lillian? I just find it very interesting to see Jillian's um, like role and relationship with everybody contrast from season one to season two. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, I think we had we had a lot totally. more Jillian in season one, uh, and seeing more of her when she's in a position of power rather than her in. Uh, I feel like she's more vulnerable now, mm-hmm. to a large Definitely. extent, and has given up the control of her company to that asshole, Christian. I think the other piece of it too, why she feels different or is read as different is also because in season one, she's framed as like the bad guy initially. Cause like, Oh, science is against religion. That was like kind of how her and Christian were initially framed and like architect and all that stuff. They were kind of cast in like dubious villain kind of role. And now she's just like curious scientist. It's kind of like mainly what she is in season two. So even here with, with uh, Lilith, it's like, yeah, I want to get my son. Like, that is totally still my motivation. You cannot forget that about her. But she's also like, I'm at the point where I'm also just like a scientist and really curious about what the heck goes on. And like, what really is this other portal? Why is this thing glitching every six hours or whatever? Like, I think she's like entrenched in her scientific curiosity too. So she's also like the, now like she's more like a rational character than like the evil villain kind of thing. So she's like more useful to our like protagonists i think yeah make sure yeah i like that she's never she never i mean she's never tries to lie about what her motivations are with lilith yeah because i mean if she was the super villain she would i mean obviously whatever push lilith through the portal exactly (laughs) totally totally but, like, I like that she's very straight up with her. And she's like, yeah, like, because, like, Lilith feels used, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and L- Jillian's like, like, yeah, kind of. But, you know, I also, like, genuinely do want to help you. And also, I'm just scientifically curious about what the heck is going on. So, like, she has I have multiple, so many motivations. Multiple, exactly. She has multiple motivations. Um, yeah, and she, and she doesn't lie about them. She's like, mm-hmm. no, like, you're right. Like, I'm not selfless here. Like, I have another motivation, but, like. One of my motivations is I do want to help you. Like, you know. Uh, so anyway, this scene, the crux of the scene is basically like they're going to partner up and Lilith 
now has her like supercomputer suit that will let Jillian monitor what happens when she goes into the other, when she crosses the plane so she can kind of figure out what the heck is going on. And it will record the journey, which is important. And then so Lilith is like, all right. And she essentially goes through the portal. Jillian goes to her supercomputer and is like, what is going on? And then three seconds later, like Lilith, like gets ejected and she's like smoking and passes out. And that's basically the whole scene. Yeah. 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 And then we go back to the Vatican. Where uh, I have immense attention issues when poopy dude is on the screen. Here's my comment here. The Pope is a mob boss. Yeah, and he's taking them to the torture chamber. He's in, in his holy yes. city. Yes, the Pope is a mob boss who's taking the person he wants information from down into the um holy torture chamber. <laughs> the holy torture chamber because everybody's like, "What you're the you're the Pope. You're not going to torture anybody in the Vatican. No, like, Are you kidding? my wine. This place has seen more torture than you have ever imagined. Yeah. Let's go do some more. So that's basically that scene. And then we're I back at more. the heist. Oh. I think, I think I do. Sorry, guys. I said that I have attention issues and then I actually paid attention to that scene. But this is more about religion in general. Like, I understand that Adriel is basically evil, but everyone has different beliefs, and it's kind of like they only want people to believe in their god, where, like, other people are trying to believe in Adriel. So my biggest issue with religion is that they don't acknowledge other religions. Christianity, really. Why should I believe in this god and these stories when there are other religions as well? In a sense, it's like we are trying to spread Christianity and wipe out other religions. That's the idea. Isn't this like non-lethal genocide for a lack of better terms? Yeah, you're right. And and the part of like what's going on with the Pope too, and they, they touch at it more in the last two episodes, is that he keeps saying part of the reason why he won't acknowledge him is, is if I acknowledge Adriel, it makes him legitimate. And then... Now his religion is competi- officially competition. Like you said, Caitlin, for exactly what you just said. So that, that is being depicted here. You're absolutely correct. Because, you know, he, you know, his sect of followers threatens my power is definitely part of it. For sure. So. Mob boss is angry. Mm-hmm. So back at the heist. Uh... Finally, we get to the statue that Yasmin thinks is the winner. And she's like, oh, Ava, I can't wait for you to grab this thing so I can know what the heck happens because I'm just curious about all of this. And Ava's like, we're going to do this shit. And then we go back to the lab. <laughs> That's basically that scene. Um, I said the effortlessness that Mother Superior beat that dude. Oh, we're not there yet. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I skipped the scene. So heist, heist time is later. You skipped, like, a couple several. of scenes. Yeah. yeah, it's like several. <laughs> Caitlin was like, heist. <laughs> yeah. You skipped no. Lillian. You skipped, <laughs> yeah, <I> skipped <laughs> Lillian again. God. So, well, there's we'll a reason. I know. So, back at the lab. Lilith um, has had enough. <laughs> Lilith is like, I'm on, f- I'm smoking, like, I'm in pain. What the fuck? And 
Jillian is like, um, what just happened? And Lilith, I, this dialogue is really interesting. Lilith is basically like, I was under a scorching sun for hours. Like, how do you think I'm doing? And Jillian's like, I just saw you walk in there and then come back like seconds later. Like, that's impossible. And then we get math that hurts your brain. Okay. Before we get to the math. Lilith also says, I, I don't know what happened, but I get the, I know, the one thing I do know about being on the other plane is that um, I was not welcome there. So that's a big thing that's never fully explained, but I think is very important. And then we get the confusing math where Jillian discovers there's a time discrepancy between Earth time and like other plane time. And basically what she says, she clicks on like the screen on Lilith's like supercomputer suit and is like 107 minutes passed while you were over there and only 7.8 seconds passed on our plane. So like eight, seven, huh? Oh, 7.8 seconds. Yeah. 7.8 is what, is what Jillian says. So meaning that like time happens fat like faster in our world and like slower in the other world so like whereas we experience one second it's like 13 minutes on the other plane happens so i was curious how long has adriel the pirate thief that stole the halo been gone from this other because remember they're still trying to get this fucking halo back so if time's elapsing differently, the people on the other plane are like really invested in getting this thing back. Cause it's been a very long time. So they say like a thousand, he's been here for like a thousand years, but like, I wasn't really sure. So in the comics, the OCS was founded in the year 1066 B like after Christ. So like, I just went with that. And that's kind of what around the time he showed up. Cause that's when the OCS formed. So rough estimate of this math he's been locked up for like 900 years right and so he's been gone from his realm almost twelve thousand years those people are very motivated to get that fucking halo back if they've been looking for him for twelve thousand years like that halo must be super important it was like my main takeaway from all of this or they just are infinitely immortal and don't give a shit about time. But still, a 12,000 year grudge. Weird vampires. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is another thing. If you're immortal, they touch on this in like the new Lord of the Rings series. Like you experience time differently, definitely. But like- but That's a long ass time. <laughs> to be trying to get this fucking Halo, like the Halo must be really important is what I'm saying. Because like after a while, you're just like, let's give up. But they don't give up on this thing. So mm -hmm. I think that signifies the power of, like how important the halo really because we still don't really know what it is it must be really fucking important if they're still trying to get this damn thing absolutely after twelve thousand years so adriel's the last bitch <laughs> well my math is wrong oops that's okay it's a rough estimate what'd you figure out caitlin caitlin did some maths too i did two hours of math and i'm still confused it's very hard to do um Somehow I got that it's 815.76 times longer than us. Because I did 7.87. Okay, so that's what I'm going off of. No, do it. It's all it is. So I by that, it. 107 minutes is equal to 6,420 seconds. Yeah, that was my so, math too. Okay. And those equaling each other 
one second should equal 815.76 seconds. Yeah, I rounded, so, but yeah, that's about right. Um, so what math were you doing? If then I was trying to calculate how many is in a minute, hour, day, and month, and year to do all the other things. And I'll tell you all the things that I got for a year. So I got 4,022.93 years in one year. I got... Hold on. I did... I have another page. Oh, I think... Hold on. I just did... I got distracted in this episode again by the math. And I got 608,157.6 years in a year. How did I get that? I did 60... No. What the hell did I do? Okay. 815.76 should be... Oh, shit. Again, I got distracted. Not distracted, but like if a 800... Okay, so 815 because every time every every time I did this, it always came out as 815.76 seconds in a second. 815.76 minutes in a minute. 815.76 hours in an hour and I feel like I did something wrong because but then at the same time like I don't know if that is right and but if we do that then 815.76 months in a month times 12 equals 9789.12 wait hold on so that's that's months, so divide that by 12 is 815.76, and I can't do this one that, because you multiply it by the number, but then you divide it by the number to get the number, and so everything's just 815.76. So apparently 815.76 years in a year, and why the hell? I don't understand why I did a bunch of other math and got a bunch of different things. So 815.76 years in a year. And now if it's 800, if it's 815.76 times two, wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's, it's eight, this is literally, I was at Panera doing this yesterday. If it's 815.76 um months in a month times that by months two months in a for- month <laughs> yes because it's their months in our month so- yeah when you do the you know you have to set essentially set up ratios and then convert a second to their seconds how many what does one minute equal in their realm how many months in their realm Okay, I'm not done. Okay, he's All right, so math. I love this so okay. much. This is so, this is the promo. I love math. I had so much fun doing this. It was it, it, I hate this, but I love it at the same time. Caitlin, um, Caitlin dear, what were you trying to calculate? Though <laughs> that's my question. Never answered the question. In my mind, you're just you're just laying out the numbers of pi or something. What are you trying to calculate? Just simplify it. No, well, hold on. I'm still working this out of my head. All right, so hold on. But I need I to know trying- what the whole point I'm is. I need to explain it. You're not explaining it well. <laughs> Just let me finish. Okay, so I was trying to figure out. 
their time with our time. So how many is a second, minute, hour, day? I wanted to figure out a baseline time. Right. Then I was going to calculate the two months, which I'm doing right now because I finally figured it out. So times two, divide that by 12. 135.96 years in two months. Okay? So, how old do we think Michael is? Like 20? 19? Now, okay, so 20. And how old was he when he went bye-bye? Oh, good question. Not you, dogs. Not you. You're not going nowhere. 10? 12? I don't know how to judge children ages. We'll do 10. So, if, if he was only gone 10 years in the other realm... Damn it. She lost the thread. <laughs> she had the thread and then she lost the thread. I don't think he Gosh. Was, I don't think he was there the whole two months. Because remember, no. like No, no, that's that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to figure out how long he was actually there. Totally, totally. Because he had to found when the, he Samaritan, came back. the Samaritans so, and all that stuff. Alright. So hold on. Oh, I got this. Okay. Um I've never seen her this excited. I know. Unless a dog was involved. <laughs> I love dogs. Um, okay, so 815.76 years in... No, 815.76 weeks in a week. Okay? So, 8... You can keep going. I'll do this math. I'm going to figure this out, okay? Oh, I believe you. Because I don't have anything for the next few scenes. That's right. All right. So while Caitlin does gay math, <laughs> we will go to the holy torture chamber. How does that sound, Brie? Pope Games is the Pope Games. That's what I'm calling it. The Pope Games. Yeah. May the odds be ever in your holy favor. Yeah. So, <sighs> of course, we have to start this with the Pope pontificating about how the good old days, how he misses the good old days of medieval torture, because of course we do. And the whole point of this is he's grilling his, like, defector about how Adriel's actually making these plagues. Because he's like, listen, I understand this is bullshit and he's probably from this other realm because, like, I have the OCS in my pocket. So, like, truly, tell me how he's actually doing this. And the William the Traitor won't break because he's like, listen, I'm a true believer. He's the real deal. There is, he's really doing this. There is nothing. But then he starts singing a different tune when he gets his hand crushed by the good old medieval torture device. Um, and when he gets shoved in the Iron Maiden. And then he's like, no, no, just kidding. Um, Architect's helping him. <laughs> so, which is Jillian's company that has been hijacked by uh, Christian because she's been lost in the sauce this whole time and is like not reading the fine print and is like, sure, do whatever you want, business stuff, whatever. So he's been helping Adriel manufacture plagues because he has the power in the company right now. And the Pope's like, cool, thanks for that, and leaves. And when he's in the hallway, he spots a nun, stupidly dressed, who has one of those Adriel crosses visible on her arm because she's an amateur. Um, but the point of it is that, okay, the Pope now has to be super suspicious of everybody in his inner circle because it's being infiltrated slowly by Adriel's, like, nutjobs. So 
he's like, oh shit, I'm running out of time. The walls are closing in on me. I can't trust anybody. So he's even more of a mob boss now. Okay. Can we uh, pause for a history, for a history, um, a journey into history? Yes. Uh, a journey us, uh, titillate us, Brie, please. With, uh, All right. I will titillate you with some knowledge of the Catholic Church and torture. Do it. So the Catholic Church has a storied history of using torture to make heretics confess. And that's where that's this is the history that the Pope is referring to when he's talking about we used to do this like for breakfast. So some Catholics in France had their own interpretation um, and Pope Gregory didn't like that because it was seen as centralizing power away from the actual Pope. So he deputized a bunch of clerics that would go from town to town seeking the confessions of heretics and questioning them with torture. Hey, guess what? That's where the Spanish Inquisition was like. Also go back to that Spanish Inquisition. Anybody remember that? That was a fucking rollicking time back in the day. Um, So you had that. They just have so many instances of using torture to get confessions out of people they want confessions out of. And it's all about power. So here we are, continuing the legacy. You know, because we're the good guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing the atrocities you can commit when you dehumanize your enemy and think that you have morality on your side. Exactly. But I have another yeah. question. What, what is the... So every pope gets a pope name. What's this pope's pope name? Do we ever oh, find out? Damn, that's a good question. I don't know that we ever really... They just that. call him your holiness. They don't yeah, they... Know. Yeah, the people in his inner circle, and I doesn't Mother Superior still call him like Doretti and shit, like because mm-hmm. they've known each other forever. So yeah, I don't know. I don't think they ever say it. I want to know what his pope name is, Simon. Yeah, what's the pope's name? Pope. Anyway, know. all right, that's all I have. The Catholics, Church, tortured people. We're doing it yeah. again in this episode. There we are for funsies, but thank you for the history lesson. Uh, speaking of knowledge, we're going to head back to the lab where Lilith is lurking at the portal, looking hot as fuck in her black getup. So shout out to wardrobe yet again. Thank you, Christina with a C. Thank you, Christina with a C. And she's, Jillian comes in and she ponders out loud. Like she's in the scene. Okay. I want to talk about this and kind of break this stuff down because I think psychology of Lilith is like laid out visually in the scene. Basically, the arc kind of has this, like, bulletproof, I guess, glass around it. And Lilith is standing in front of it, and there's a reflection of the arc. And she's, like, kind of in the center, and then Lilith, or uh, Jillian is on the other side, and they're kind of in the dark. So it's, like, illuminating her. And she's standing there, and she's toying with the um, nun-texting necklace from the OCS. And she's pondering out loud while she's fiddling with this thing, like, why did the, why did it burn me? Um, why did something over there not want me there? Like, I felt this presence that I was being hated by something over there. And it's a very valid question. And I think that what's happening with Lilith is a crisis of faith, too. Kind of like Beatrice is happening, but hers is more like an identity crisis a little bit, too. Because at this point, I don't think Lilith feels like she belongs 
anywhere. That's why she's toying with the OCS necklace because like that was her sisterhood. That was a place where she felt like she belonged because she was on track to be the next warrior nun. And then that was taken away from her by the not hot priest really who intervened and made it Ava. And so she, and she doesn't have those sisters. Not one of them has come looking for her. So like, she doesn't feel super connected to them right now. Then she like went and saw her family, like blood relations. And her mom was like, you will never please me because the one thing you were supposed to do is become the warrior nun and you'll never have that. So basically you're a failure forever and you're not my daughter. It's basically that whole conversation. So she's like, I don't have a family to rely on. And then I tried to go back to this. I'm like, maybe I don't belong here. Maybe I belong over there on this other plane. Cause like I have all these scales now. And then I get there and something hates me and doesn't want me there. So she's like, where do I belong? I have no answers. And so she's like between realms in a way. And I like the way they're visually showing us that where she's like divided against the arc, which is like the other portal and she's toying with the necklace. And so I really love that visually what they're doing with Lilith while she's having this kind of like crisis a bit. It's giving. Okay. I have a question. Yes. When it ends, I've never understood this. When it end number ends in a five, do you round up or round down? Up. Cool. To the next whole Thank number. Thank you. Math. Well, if you do it to the second decimal, please to the first. Then I'm yeah. doing third to the second decimal. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Well, um, yes, I agree with you. Everything you just said about the visual, I'm everything in this season seemed so intentional with i mean everything in the season before was intentional as well but this this season they did a particularly wonderful job of using the visuals to tell the story Mm -hmm. as well as the dialogue so there were a lot of things to pick up and that made it a much more rich story for me Oh, totally. And in this scene, too, I like that you mentioned the dialogue because, again, they end up having a falling out here, these two. And the word that ends up provoking Lilith is the when Jillian says we're partners. That's the word that really, like, triggers her because she feels like she has no one. And, like, here's somebody who she was she's questioning. This is the scene where she's questioning her and being like, you have other motivations. You're not sincere. You really don't care about me. And Jillian's like, no, no, no. We're partners in this. And that's when she's like, I don't have anybody. Like, no, like she gets really triggered because she feels like she has no support system and this was all an illusion and she feels very isolated. So she's like prime for being taken advantage of, mm-hmm. which is like what happened last season with her where like Doretti took advantage of her and like played into her ambition to like manipulate her. And so I think she's afraid of that happening again. And ironically, it kind of does when she goes over to the next person for answers because she's ripe for being like groomed and taken advantage of, but she's accusing um, Jillian of doing that. And so ultimately she leaves to like go find somebody else who has answers, who is presumably isn't going to use her, which she doesn't say, but I think that's part of this and like ends up getting used anyway because she's just an isolated, vulnerable person right now who has no one. And it's really, really sad for Lilith you know she was like gonna be this golden child and like she has like the fall from grace kind of thing and is trying to like figure out how to navigate and it's just has no one to help her you know unfortunately she keeps running into people who 
very easily spot that vulnerability and and yeah are using it to their favor so i kind of almost see it as the leaders of two cults have <laughs> taken advantage of her which yeah got the pope and then you've got adriel does it too adriel's going to do it as well so obviously yeah. it's just so sad that that's her story yeah and it's really sad i think it's sad too with jillian because Jillian, like, she's like, I'm really not trying to use you. I, I think we we both have interest in like the end goal here, and we can work together to figure that all this out. But Lilith is so she doesn't want to be used, so which is understandable. It's just yeah, clouds how she reads this. I think it does. Um, it does. And I think the other really interesting thing to to point out is the similarities with Lilith and Ava because I think they both end up on this journey because if you think about it like Ava got the halo and she never asked for it and then Lilith gets these powers from the other realm that she never asked for like both of them without their consent and um the difference is they both go on these journeys to like figure out how to navigate the situation but Ava ends up with support and Lilith is robbed of support right because like Ava has She's important to the OCS, so, like, they kind of have to be there for her, but Beatrice ends up being a person who's there for her no matter what. So she ends up having support while she goes through on this journey, versus Lilith had the illusion of support. The minute she's not the warrior non-candidate anymore, people are like, where's Lilith? I don't know. And so she's, like, left to, like, navigate this alone. So those characters are very similar, have very similar stories, but, like, it goes to show you, like, with and without support, how that can kind of play out with people. Yep. So it's interesting. Yes. Um, yeah. Cool stuff. Lilith is our friend. lonely character. Okay. She is. Can I start? Can I start by telling you what my title for this scene is? Yes, yes, yes. Do it, do it, do it. What is it? This this is Ocean's Nunteen. Ocean's Nunteen. <laughs> Flush Mother Superior. <laughs> oh, this there's so many this scene is awesome. Shout out to Mother Superior for trying to distract the guard, pretending to be a feeble old woman, and then taking him out with her misandry. I just love it. Without I'm any Was that that wasn't Kuko, right? No. Cause I we have to figure out when it's Mother Superior. It's the episode where She's fighting a bunch. Of, she's protecting the Ark, and there's a bunch of people, and she slams somebody ah. against the wall. That's him. That's later. Got it. The same. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. And then <clears throat> let's let's follow up that fun time with Yasmin driving the van. <laughs> or if you can call it driving, sure. <laughs> it's not her fault. Okay. <laughs> I love this conversation because Camilla snarky moment number three, and she's like, "What the hell? I thought you said you had these cities memorized and shit." And she's like. I do. I'm, I remember I'm like the, what is she like the keeper of knowledge or whatever. She's like, I do. I memorized all these cities, but it's your fault. Cause you assumed I knew how to drive them. I just have the layouts in my brain. <laughs> so poor Yasmin is like, basically she's like my read on her. And it's very evident during the whole heist is that she's like been in the library her whole life. And she's like, I have all this knowledge, but no one taught me how to apply any of this stuff. I'm just here to give you knowledge, not like, act on the knowledge so like they have to like get her to be like no 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 you're part of the team now you have to like do shit <laughs> and she's like 
what? No one taught me how to do any of this stuff. And so to her credit though, like she did drive them. Did she not? Like she does do it. She's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try. Like she's a good, she's a team player is my point. They're alive. That's what matters. (laughs) We're screaming, but you're all, did you, but did you die? The van still drives. The van still drives. Yeah. Did you die? (laughs) There are no nicks on the van that we know of. Right. Her driving can't be that bad. I think that Camille was being dramatic. I think there's that. And then I I also think Ava and Beatrice are still like making her jealous. Yes. She's having like. What? Go ahead, Caitlin. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. But I feel like Camilla is rude to Yasmin because they used to focus more on her when she was new, and now that someone else is coming in, she is being defensive. Dang. I think that's part of it, for sure. That's a great observation. Mm-hmm. I would really like to see Camilla and Yasmin bond more. I agree. I think they'd be besties once uh, Camilla is in a better headspace for being friends. She um, would tell Yasmin about her former... Harem. harem yeah they can swap harem stories <laughs> okay wait but back to ava and beatrice so i think ava and beatrice actually made uh camilla in a bad mood because let's be real they had time to kill because daytime they were in the museum lay- scoping out the place right and then they come back in the middle of the night like long after closing right so there's time to kill so i imagine they went back to whatever hotel compound that they're at to like get changed in their nun outfits and all that stuff and I assume that like they got back and they're like, here's the plan. We're going to do this. Okay. We have like five hours to kill. And then I think Ava and Beatrice went and cause they're used to being alone, went and go d- did their own thing. And I think Camilla just felt left out again. She's like, I thought we were supposed to like be sisters and bond and stuff. And like, you guys are still like really tight and I have no friends. And so I think she was sad. And then Yasmin was probably like triple checking her notes to make sure they had the right stuff. And like, she had the street layout memorized. So I think, Camilla just feels very isolated, I think. Um, and you're right, Caitlin. I think I like that take that she's probably jealous too. Cause like they do like focus, like Mother Superior like takes time to talk to Yasmin and stuff. So I think she's feeling like detached from everybody a little bit. What? Do do we think that Ava was in the other realm for three years? I mean three days, because Jesus ruse on the third day. That's a cool theory. She is bisexual Jesus, so. But that's taking the mythology of Jesus again and not taking the fact that. It was just a Reddit thing, okay? <laughs> Sorry. I'm I trying to figure Reddit. out how long she was gone. Um, no, Simon said something about that. I'm trying to find it, but I can't find it. Yeah. I bet it's in the dis- the Warrior Nun Discord. I'm not in. I'm saying I can find it later. Okay, but I need it now. I'm sorry that I'm not instant. (laughs) So we get inside the museum and Camilla ends up doing her tech stuff to loop the CCTV, takes out the lasers with the rosary bead that Beatrice planted, and we get a full debut of the new OCS fighting outfits. So they're different Mm. than last year. Hot, love it. And then we get, we all get in on the plan. So Beatrice is like, okay, Camilla, you're going to watch our backs because we trust you, not because we're trying to be alone. 
even though that's what we're doing. But you are the one that's going to watch our backs because we can't trust Yasmin to do this. Let's be real. So you got this. And then Beatrice and Ava um, go off to go get the thing. And I, my money is on this was all Beatrice's plan when they were like sitting down at the table to figure this out because she's trying to control everything. And she's like, I don't trust anybody else to go with Ava. Like I, it has to be me because I can control the situation. Because again- She's afraid something's going to go wrong and she's trying to like, you know, prevent that. So they get to the statue that basically Yasmin's like, hey, it's probably this one because, you know, it looks like the one in the drawing. <laughs> I think it's this. And Ava like phases through and picks it up and like nothing happens. And then they call Mother Superior and they're like, it's the wrong crown. What the fuck do we do? And then we get the scene with like Yasmin and Mother Superior and like it's like the pep talk. And... It's really cute because I love this the depiction of Yasmin here because we we never get characters that are like real in these kind of situations. Because again, Yasmin's like my order was just to like deliver this information and like the OCS is supposed to do it. Like that's my that's my role. And then Mother Spirit's like, no, 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 you have to we have to go in there now and you're gonna have to like figure this shit out. We have to like do ground work now and yes like, like work no yeah she's like well I don't yeah field work she, she's like I don't I don't but I'm afraid. And, like, it's so real because, like, not everyone is, like, Ava. Who, Ava's like, let's just go punch people. I don't care. Like, she's fearless. Whereas, like, some people are just, they freeze in that scenario if they're not ready for it. And they're like, I'm just, I'm scared. Like, I don't want to go do this. Like, I'm not prepared for this. So I love that Mother Superior, like, instead of, like, yelling at her, like, Camilla was a minute ago, like, just fucking do it. She's like, okay, all right, I get it. And she gives her, like, an OCS cross. And she's like, this will protect you. And so, like... Being like, hey, like, you know, you're you're part of the team. You know, we're in this together. Like, you know. Yep. You got this. You can do this. Like, she builds her confidence. Like, a true teacher, like, leader does. Like, it's a very cute scene. I do love it. And Yaz is adorable. It I do love her. It was wonderful. I, yeah. love the, I love these characters. I love these actors. Yeah. I don't, like, you, you've I said it. Realism. You said everything that I, that I thought because we share a brain cell. So. We do. Anyway. Jillian and her dental glasses. That's what I. Oh my god! Them. I know. <laughs> no, for real, like for real, those are like dental wear glasses, like girl. And I love the way she like wears them for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I got a root canal in like twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just you know I have my own. I bring my own. <laughs> yeah, and what does she find with her glasses? That um, Count Chocula is in the other realm because she yeah. like adjusts the footage and is like, "Oh shit, there's a creepy face in a mask." <laughs> Who <laughs> doesn't like love creepy face? Yeah. <laughs> um. So and apparently, Count Chocula is real, and Jillian—he's on the other plane. <laughs> yeah, that's what I learned in this scene. <laughs> that's that's what we learned, and that's what um. We're going to, it's canon. We're going to carry it on. <laughs> we're going to be eating Count Chocula for a while. I love Count Chocula. Me too. We've uh, had the the Kool-Aid of Chocula. I don't know. Okay. Wait. Size tangent story that pissed me off. So, all right. I live in a city that has like small bodega style like grocery stores. And Count Chocula, if you don't know what that is, it's basically like a Halloween themed cereal 
that's like cocoa puffs. Yeah, it's like chocolate with marshmallows puffs with marshmallows, right? If you've never seen it, and it's it's seasonal. It comes out in October, like for Halloween, because Count Chocula is a vampire or whatever. So I'm an October baby, so October is my favorite, and so I love Count Chocula. It's like my favorite cereal. So I'm like, yay! Okay, it's time for Count Chocula, and like the bodega store that we go to had it on the shelves, and I was like, great, okay, I can, I'll get it later. It was literally there one day and then it was gone and I never saw it again. And I was so upset. And I was like, no, man, I want this cereal. What the hell? So for my birthday. Julie would let you get Count Chocula? Well, Julie, my wonderful wife, like drove to another store out, out of the city oh! and got it. She is adorable. Stupid, our stupid bodega never got, it was like there for one day. And then they're like, yeah, um, that was it. I hope you guys got it. And we never saw it again. I was like, the fuck with this fucking store it was like october 1st and then i never saw it again i was not mad i didn't think so. it was possible to love julie anymore i know that was so annoying julie is great julie, julie is great julie's a great supporter yep that's the other takeaway from this scene I'm glad we can enlighten you guys how did we get the count chocula because that was the who showed up on the screen when she like was like oh let me adjust for the time lapse in the lab uh, and then it looks like count chocula count to me got it. Yeah. Got it, got it. But we're gonna leave Count Chocula and go back to the heist now. The oopsie at the museum. The oopsie, where all right, so Mother Superior talked Yaz to go inside. And basically Yaz is like freaking out and Beatrice is not helping. She's like, We have three minutes and forty-seven seconds. And she's like, Can you shut the fuck up? I need to like figure out what the hell's going on and this is stressful and I don't know what I'm doing. And so Yaz keeps stressing Beatrice every time Beatrice um projects her panic onto everybody, because like again, she has a one-track mind. She's like, save Ava, save Ava. And Yaz is like, just get my brain to work. And then she puts it together. She's like, okay, wait, this is my, my order did this. They must have hid it somewhere where like colonial fuckers, treasure seekers would not have found it. So it can't be with the guns. It can't be with any of this stuff. Where would a woman hide it? And so they end up in this other room that now has a bunch of lasers because they didn't think about this when they had the rosary beads. And it's basically like a statue of a nun from... I guess the time period in which her order was founded and it has her great, great, great grandmother's habit. Put a pin in that. And Yaz is like there, it's gotta be there because my order did this. That's my, my direct lineage. Like it has to be this. So question. If Yasmin is descended from an order of nuns, how on earth is her great, great grandmother? How did, yeah. How did Yaz get here? If she's descended from all these nuns. The nun breeding program. The <laughs> How did this happen? Artificial insemination. In, in like the one year BC. Wait, 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 wait. No, because not all religions. Um, They're Catholics, though. And Catholic yeah, that... nuns don't procreate. It makes my brain hurt. <laughs> No, I know that, but I'm like, even if they were going to math. Okay, we're just gonna. I we're not even, we're, we're, Should we sidestep this like the Jesus talk? Let's do that. Okay, so I don't know either. I I don't have an answer. I don't like no it. idea. Like, do we use the the term nun loosely? Even back I, then, that seems unlikely. But like, did they? Ha- they're, they're nuns in this order because they're their own private order so like maybe they do have their own rules maybe they're like we need more people 
that are we can trust. I don't know. Yeah, maybe because like uh, Lilith, we have this problem with Lilith too because she was like born. Well, her family, to be... her family keeps popping out people and then devoting them to the OCS. Yeah, like so. Yeah, it's I don't know. But maybe like, the great, same great, thing. Great, great grandmother. Yeah, I, I wonder too. Like maybe if a warrior nun number two. Because again, remember, one of them was Jewish. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe the term is used loosely in the OCS. And so therefore, when that warrior nun created this secret sect, she was like, hey, only people in your family. Like, it's maybe she made it so private that she's like, it has to be like your daughter. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they only trusted the. Yeah. Yeah. So that has implications too. (laughs) I feel like they use the term loosely is kind of a thing. But anyway. At the heist, we have less than three minutes to go, and Ava's like, whatever, I can phase through these lasers. And she does for the most part until, like, again, the halo keeps getting swept up, flipped off like a swish, she says. But she recovers and ends up getting the crown. And what happens when she actually touches the right thing is, like, it's basically just like a wooden band- headband, and then when she touches it, the thorns come out. So the halo activates whatever power, which I don't understand this either now that I'm thinking about it. So if the warrior, oh, never mind, they were warrior nuns. Wait, no, this actually doesn't make sense. So hold on. Okay, if the warrior nun is the one that activates it, meaning the halo activates it, then with Jesus, when they were using the crown of thorns, the halo had to be here. But that was before the OCS was founded and before Adriel stole it. How did that work? The halo must have been here before. Or the halo's not the only halo. Ooh, oh, I like that. A a halo was here. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. But yeah, like if that's the thing that activates it. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Cool. And they gave Thanks for it putting that together. To the Romans. Yeah, maybe the Romans had. They were the evil villains all along. Well, I'm just um, saying, somebody from the other room was like, "Here's here's this thing that," and then they they trapped the make Jesus. it stop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. But yeah, cool stuff. So while this is happening, and Ava gets the crown of thorns, uh, Camilla is in the other room being haunted by Adriel, Ugh. and is like, "Fuck, it's a trap!" And then calls Mother Superior on the telecom, and is like, "Um, it's a trap, bitch. It's a trap." But by then, it's way too late. And the uh, not hot priest rolls on in there, trips the alarm, which locks uh, Beatrice, who's hysterically screaming at this point, off from Ava. And basically he disarms, because punch first Ava tries to punch him. He disarms her, puts puts the crown of thorns on her head, knocking her out and immobilizing her and abducts her out of the room. To everyone's horror. And then when Beatrice screams Ava's name, it's more haunting than when Adriel was haunting Camilla. And it hurts. It just, it hurts. Whoever the people, I saw several comments about how I thought Beatrice would react more. And I'm like, did you not? Were you watching the same show? I feel like I'm not watching the same show as some people sometimes. First of all, the blood curdling scream of the name Ava. She's behind. She cannot phase. Remember, remember only Ava can phase through shit. Beatrice cannot. It's an iron gate. What is she supposed to do? There's no way around that. 
And then the next episode, she's literally panicking and yelling at Camilla because of what just happened. And she spends the entire episode doing nothing except tracking down Ava. So, like, what did you want Beatrice to do in that moment? Cry? Like, yeah, like, like the least she was she was gripping the bars mm-hmm. and screaming. Like, what was she supposed to do? She doesn't have projectile weapons. There's nothing she can do. Like, she this is this is her actual worst fear, like playing out. She has no she cannot control what is going on in the other room. Like, nothing. She did everything she could do from her plan. Like Camilla foreshadowed, the plan's not gonna go as you're planning, and it didn't, and then she's trapped out of options in that moment and just has to watch it happen. And there is nothing she can do. This is Beatrice losing all control of the situation and watching it play out. Like there's nothing she can do. My last That's note the on the point this, of the scene. It is. And my last note on this scene just says Beatrice's scream makes me very sad. It hurts. It hurts. Christina, how could you? We have, we have, Christina, can we? How could you? I need therapy bills paid for. By that one scream. By that one scream. (sighs) But don't worry, um, the episode gets worse because then Lilith pays a visit to Adriel and I hate it. And that's how it ends. I said Lilith goes to the dark side. (sighs) Yep. And then, then I said, gross, we end on this. Yep. I don't know. That's all I have to say. I know. Bad Simon. Bad Simon. Bad. (laughs) All right. Before we wrap this up entirely, (laughs) let's check back in with Caitlin and see if you've gotten anywhere with your math. I feel like we're uh, just reported the news and we're going to. I know. Caitlin. Back to you, Caitlin, for gay math. Downtown gay math land. I just circled my conclusion. The issue is that I found another person's calculation and Simon said it looked good to them. It's completely different. So I redid all of my math with 7.8 instead of 7.87. So I threw out two hours of work from yesterday and I redid it. Okay. According to me, 7.8 seconds, we already know that. 7.8 seconds, 6420. 6420 divided by 7.8 is 823.08 seconds in one second in our world. So every single time I do math to like expand that and then break it down to like years and years, it, I always get that number is that one year. So like 823.08 years equals one year. So if you do 823.08 years divided by 365 to get it to days, it's 2.26 years equals one day here. So assuming that Michael was 10 years old when he left and he's 20 now, that's just an assumption. I think he's older. So don't worry. I have multiple calculations. So For 10 years, 10 divided by 2.26 equals 4.42 days. If he was 25, 15 divided by 2.26 is 6.64 days. And now if we want to just give him an even week, he would be 25.82 because that 
one week is 15.82 years. The issue is that this, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher your name, Mayreen? At Rainy the Genie. Okay, I like that one. <laughs> That's really cute. Um, we all we agree in our math, but they calculate two months into sixty days to hours, minutes to seconds, and somehow they get that two months is thirteen point five three years. So I don't understand how that works. So their conclusion is that. Michael was gone well, no. the entire time. I guess they weren't trying to answer the Michael question. No, they're saying that he was he uh, was gone all two months. No, he was he couldn't have been. He couldn't have been. Yeah, but but they're saying that it's thirteen point five three years for two months. Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't have that all break, broken down. So I'm going to I will give you credit, uh, Rini the genie. I'm going to put your math next to my math and hopefully um, someone can explain it to me. Because. <laughs> All right. I mean, if I if I have time, which is uh, very unlikely, but uh, I really would like to because I have spent so much time on this freaking math. That I have to know. Okay, like, offline, I, offline, we can do the math together. How's that sound? Okay. Okay. So. But anyway, so thank you, Caitlin, our uh, BGE mathematician, for doing all of that for us to see how long Michael was gone. Woo! All right, so did you have any more commentary that you wanted to add before we uh, go to the bisexual Jesus hydration scale? Uh, no, I just interrupt. Well, no, I interrupted enough. All right, so... How many strats for bisexual Jesus would you give oh, this shit. episode? How did I forget about that? You forget it every time. <laughs> I didn't last time. I know. I mean, in a time in the future. I think. <laughs> Who knows? I can't. I'm not mathing anymore. No more math. We're done with that. <laughs> yes, in the future. Um, I mathed anyway. Oh, shit. You guys go first. I think I, I think I'm going to give this episode a six. Um, because of Ava's outfit, the backwards hat thing. Um. Yeah, I think them, so. Them being cute at the beginning. Beatrice just being, like, a protective wife the whole time. Uh, oh, and Beatrice's outfits. Also, the nun fighting outfits. I gave it a seven for everything you just said. Nice. Caitlin? I'm sorry. They corrected their math and I was looking at it. Um, I, I, I agree with six. All right. Which is ironic. Because Michael was apparently gone for six days. Oh my God. <laughs> it, all, it all adds up. It all adds up. Six, six. The math finally mathed. <laughs> wow. We, we did this in the episode, in the reaction as well, I believe, because we did the devil's number. Wow. Well, yes. We broke it this time. Because she said seven. 
The curse has been lifted, everyone. So thanks for joining, and um, hopefully all that math made sense to you. And uh, we promise not to do math in the next episode, and hopefully in future episodes. So join us next time when we get to the midway point in season two and continue on our fun with nuns or your nun journey. Yay. Yay. Bye. Bye. Say bye, Caitlin. Say bye, Caitlin. Bye. I got to do more math. No. <laughs> I have confirmation. My math is right. David Hayter who I believe was the director. Was he the director of this episode? I, I don't but have it written down. I'm not sure. He, um, they figured he spent roughly 15 years on the other side and saying that he was around back for seven weeks before finding Ava. That makes sense. So that matches my 15 years that I estimated here of 6.73 days because he would have been back a week. We have just proven that gay people can do math, so suck on that. You heard it here first. Proof <laughs> is in the math. So you can do math, too. I love math. Go STEM! <laughs> Bye. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod. Or email us at BigGayEnergyPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus.